I am hitting record. Well, it's a delight to be here on Pod State of America with you guys. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about politics, so. <laughs> Terrence does the, the right thing, and he just he stays in all of his lanes, and he doesn't leave them. And I think he's he's much happier for it. And I wish I could learn that skill from him. There's 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 specific YouTube channels, not all of YouTube, and I'll never I'll never know how to keep that formed that way. It's... Yeah, I can't. Anytime YouTube is like, "Hey, you want to watch this yeah, video about put... a news thing?" I'm just like, "You want to fuck off?" Like, I don't. <laughs> you know what? I think we've I think we've already started the episode. Uh, no no need to count up. This was this was already our best content for the day. Woohoo! Relatable. Our, put this in. Our, yeah. Are, are we are we going? Is uh, this fine? Yeah, I don't care. We can. Yeah. This be our, Great. Our intro. <laughs> Good. Welcome to the coolest kids. I mean, this I is no Robbie. This is my time to talk. Robbie. We... Robbie. Brock's time. Reclaiming my time. Sorry. Give me my time. Okay. That was a, that was a politics. Really See, you got that. Microphone's really quiet. I don't know if that's me or Skype, or I'm losing my mind. Uh, yeah, you sound you sound fine over here. Do you, you, can you hear us? Okay. I don't know if you're asking me, but every you guys both sound fine to me. Uh, Robbie, you don't hear any sort of uh, delay on this, do you? Like they're they're. You, Start trying to talk over me and stop me. I'm just talking. Oh, okay. I, 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 See, I, okay. Oh, I can hear you guys now because I was turning my volume knob the wrong way. We're <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so good at this. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> it, it, it often it often happens that when we add a third guest in, especially on on uh, Skype here, uh, there winds up being a little bit of a delay, and then it just sounds like I'm being an asshole to you when I keep talking over you or something. So. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Welcome to the coolest kids. This is our email podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brock Wilber. Other host, Terrence Wiggins. And joining us is our other, or well, not other. Joining us is a guest. <laughs> he has a name. What is your name, guest? My, Robbie, my name who, is Robbie who are you? What do you do? Ro- Robbie went to college Which... with me, where he was in the theater program, and I was not. Uh, and then we became better friends. Uh, uh, sort of post-college when I, I got him a job at the immigration law firm I was working at where we both worked under just the worst man ever uh, who uh, who uh, died shortly after while walking his dog uh, and his law firm was passed on to his Donald Trump Jr. level syncopant piece of shit son uh, just like a guy that like <laughs> came to the office to get his Amazon packages and had people like me and Robbie doing all the lawyering, uh, which uh, I don't know if you know this, we're not lawyers. Uh, So we, uh, uh, it was also the sort of office where there was maybe 10 people. And one day Robbie made a joke to me about HP Lovecraft and three dudes walked up and they all worked at different like Lovecraft publishing houses. Like it was that sort of place. And I was like, something, okay, something unholy is happening here. But also there's one very specific fuck type of nerd that is taking this uh, immigration law job in Beverly Hills. Uh, and it's apparently publishers of Lovecraft fic- uh, fan fiction. So Good. <laughs> and then with someone that came in after Hugh Brock, I wrote... Uh, comedy pilot that involved getting Cthulhu an immigration visa. So, you know, completing the cycle of life, I guess. Boy, that sounds bad. <laughs> Every part of that sounds unpleasant. 
Robbie is very funny, and Robbie, I'm glad you are joining us today. You uh, you recently moved to uh, to Seattle. Yes. Uh, well, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, yeah, Seattle is the short version, and then if people actually live in the Seattle area, I can go into like much more detail about uh, how close I actually am to it. I mean, I take the ferry across to it every day for my actual job. So I hear I hear um, there's this thing coming up there called gr- grung, grunge, grunge. <laughs> Is 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 this a, is this something that you're a, seeing? It's a soft G. Grunge. Oh, y- y- young. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we would do with it the, today. Oh, that's terrible. Be on SoundCloud with like six umlauts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I will say heroin apparently is making a comeback mm. up here. So Her- you know, heroin's doing well everywhere, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now you just need the plan. That's and the thing about awesome. heroin; doesn't need a marketing department. It's uh, pe- people people are getting it. Uh, yeah. The, so I I, I guess uh, the first question is like, uh, uh, what do, are do, are you participating in the music scene up there? Are you catching shows and stuff, uh, or or are you j- just uh, being a dad now? <laughs> uh, I'm mostly just being a dad. As I said, like I'm not. I'm kind of in the burbs across the sound, so I don't really get into the city. Like, I'm just there during the day. Uh, I think the last thing I saw was, like, um, oh, uh, Murder by Death. Oh. Like, last year. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and I think uh, for those uh, Brock factoid, I think one of the things that first m- got me and Brock to be, like, good friends was him finding out, oh, Robbie likes Murder by Death. <laughs> uh, that's a that's a good line, and they uh, they started out their career in Lawrence, Kansas, and they were, like, uh, they recorded all their stuff. I was I was at some of the recording sessions for uh, the, the the concept album that's set in the murder town. Yes! Oh, man. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, so, like, uh, like they, they recorded uh, a cover of David Bowie's Five Years for, like, uh, when a friend in the scene died as, like, a fundraiser for his family. Like, they, they've always felt like that's, that's my close band. Like, that, and I think that we all, we, we would recognize each other on the street, maybe. That's as, that's as close as I'm going to be to anybody uh, now that I'm old and never cool. <laughs> Oh, whoa, well, I'm, I mean, you know, I actually have the white vinyl recording of who will be left and what will become of them or whatever. The yeah, that that's, is. that's the album I was trying to think of, too. Yeah. Uh, so actually it was sad because last year, I think I, when I went to the show, they were like, hey, it's the 10 year anniversary of this. And I was like, holy, I'm old. We, uh, that's OK. We were watching so, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village on Netflix and I had to discuss the fact that. That's like a 20 fucking year old movie. Like that's how old like M Night Shyamalan stuff is 20 years old. So like I'm already having a day of how old we've gotten and how sad I am about it. <laughs> and if I remember rightly, Fran Kranz is in it and he doesn't look like he's aged anything between that and like Cabin in the Woods. So does Zuckerberg. So he's so. bathing in someone's blood. <laughs> so let's talk about emo. Robbie, what's your musical history like uh you you don't play an instrument, do you? I do not. I do not play an instrument. Um, I am just, like, uh, kind of like Patrick Fugit's character, I guess, a little bit in um, Almost Famous. I mean, not the part where I have, like, a sister who runs off to, like, become a flight attendant and, like, a bad relationship with my parents. And the actress playing that role quit Northwestern to take that role, and that's the connection I know you were going to make. 
<laughs> I just I just expect you to talk about our our alum our, our alumni status at the University of Northwestern throughout, as if that's something that I've bragged about at at any point in the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm gonna make sure this gets in the school communications. Uh, you know, like what are alumni up to right there with like so and so just had a book published by Random House and Robbie and Brock are on a podcast. Yeah, we're we're doing good. <laughs> I, I literally I literally forget that I graduated from that school until like last week when there was uh, police reports that there was a shooter on campus. And I was like, oh, hey, that's my school. Like, I, I have to take a second. Like, that's how little Northwestern has stuck with me. So, yeah, uh, I'm always, yeah, it's funny. It's just like I'm more likely to be like, oh, yeah, this a random obscure play script that I photocopied and have still among all my books. Oh yeah, I, I got that from the Northwestern Library and just made a whole <laughs> bunch of illegal bootleg copies of like a random adaptation of Andromache. Or something. <laughs> That's the level of cool I'm yeah. at. Yeah. Obscure adaptations of Racine plays. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. So <laughs> so we'll stop talking about college now so that there's a reason that Terrence no, is I'm here. I'm just listening. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's 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 fun to talk to my friend. We took five minutes. Now like, we can get down to the business keep talking. of music. I was I had no I had no problem listening to it. I was just like, yeah. I felt like I was at like brunch and you just ran into a friend that you haven't seen in forever, so y'all start talking. I'm just like, I'm just gonna eat this cantaloupe. Terrence, I promise I will pepper in some G Gundam references, because as far as I know, you're the only other person on Twitter that is into G Gundam. I, I love that we've pushed back this episode far enough that you've had time to really catch up on who Terrence is and 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 form your own separate like social media friendship apart from me. <laughs> yeah, I looked up Terrence's entry on TV trope. And <laughs> found everything that's wrong with me. Um, um Okay, so yeah, uh, getting sort of back to your question legitimately um so yeah when i was like in high school um i kind of had this delayed uh getting into like popular music thing where like for most of middle school i was just listening to like broadway cast recordings and then whatever my random stuff my parents played and um then like i was on a church retreat thing and some kids were playing like blink 182 on their like walkmans and they had me listen, and I was like, oh, this sounds fun. And so from there, I, like, you know, in the early days of the internet, when you necessarily couldn't pirate everything, but you could look up stuff <laughs> on allmusic.com or, like, find Rolling Stones rock music. and Boy, allmusic.com. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I was always, like, the kid that, like, loved researching and studying and, like, for fun. And so I would just, like, look up, like, oh, this all music says this is similar to this and so like from starting with like blink 182 and the offspring went back to like the beginnings of actual punk and like listening to like like the kind of punk bands that you guys were talking about getting covered on that tony hawk's teenage wasteland <laughs> no, and then american wasteland forward, not not I, but tony hawk's teenage <laughs> wasteland where he tries to cover <laughs> the who song using only his skateboard uh i do want that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh that, that's in like some p darker parallel right. universe um, but, oh my um, god and then like <laughs> along the way also like started picking up like uh maximum rock and roll and punk planet um if anybody out there actually recognizes those magazines i think maximum rock and roll is still actually published but like um uh, if you if you want to talk about again, bad rebranding uh apparently uh, rolling stone <laughs> is now 
rock.com. No, it's not. Shut up. Because uh, uh, I keep getting uh, 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 emails from rock.com about discounts on their store for like just t-shirts that say like kiss. And I'm like, this is, it is a part of it is the part of Rolling Stones empire. And maybe at some point they're just moving full into that. And I'm, I'm so fucking sad about it. Rock.com. I just typed rock.com. <laughs> Ew. I hate this. It looks like a, it <laughs> looks like a, a hot topics website, but for like, I don't know, 40 year old. It looks like hot topic for a, a it is uh, in the way that like there's a store in LA that I used to go to because uh, I couldn't fucking believe it in Beverly Hills uh, by where we used to work Robbie uh, that sold just like uh, old like concert shirts but like made into like the the, the the Who Tour or Kiss Tour but for like onesies for babies and they were like 300 oh. bucks because they were made from the vintage t-shirts and I was like that baby doesn't fucking know it's just gonna poop and shit <laughs> And puke on that thing. Who like what parent is three hundred dollars vintage T shirt cool? The, you you're right. This is what it reminds me of. It's just I don't know a, the doors. Right. The doors. They were in concert. You see, I was like, you weren't fucking there. Right. Come on. Like they have. I'm looking at. Uh, there's some segment called after show, and they've got uh, Dead Kennedy shirts, Debbie Harry, James <laughs> Brown, Janis Joplin shirts, and they're all forty dollars each. And it's just like. Hey, I, I bought I bought a CBGB's shirt from Rock.com. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh man, and it's become the ultimate fan of the concept of rock. I guess, <laughs> like, just as an abstract concept. I, like, like looking <laughs> at this looking at this website makes me feel like I'm stuck in a conversation with a guy who's five years younger than me, but all he listens to is whatever his dad listened to, and. Like, he wants to have a conversation about music, and he's just like, man, I just love Skinner, and I'm just like, uh, please don't talk to me or look at me. <laughs> like, I usually don't like being that guy who, who's, I mean, I don't ever want to be that guy who's like, oh, you don't know, or that's not real, or they sold out, but, like, seeing that website turned me into, like, Jello Biafra for a second, wanting to, like, <laughs> shriek in the, on a spoken word tour about how, like, you know having the guy from uh, courtship of Eddie's father tour with his old band is, you know, a sign of everything getting commercialized. <laughs> anyway, here's, here's 800 minutes about uh, Palestine and the situation there, because, <laughs> you know, in the eighties, I was relevant. <laughs> you know, me, when I was a kid, uh, I, Henry Rollins would come through Kansas sometimes on, on spoken word tours, which, uh, fuck, that probably really set me up to be the stand-up comedian I am today who tells more stories <laughs> than jokes. Uh, but, like, me and my dad would always go, and my dad would, like, email Henry Rollins after these things. And I, like, I've still not maybe listened to an album that Henry Rollins has done from start to finish in any of his groups. <laughs> but, like, boy, did I love Henry Rollins, especially, like, as a high school football player who was like, wow, you can, you can be, like, a big, dumb idiot jock body and then be a guy that has, says a lot of words in such a way that people will will like really subscribe to your newsletter uh and i i, I know that jello uh, was also doing like us uh, just uh talking tours around the same time and I, I i feel like maybe we're gonna come back to that age again because uh, for a long time there like storytelling shows were really in vogue and then like speaking tours from like rock stars were happening and it feels like maybe the resistance will 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 bring that back around. Like you know, if Dave Grohl just wanted to do a speaking tour, I would go see the hell out of that. And if he wanted to talk about a country I've never that's, heard of, 
Yes, please That's include That's literally that. <laughs> the whitest thing I've ever heard you say. If Dave is if it? Dave Grohl gave a speaking tour, I would go and watch the hell out of it. That is uh, I am I am unapologetic, but you are you are right. You <laughs> are right. That is <laughs> that is something that is something that is that is, someone has said at two o'clock at a bar on a Sunday afternoon, like outside outside <laughs> on the patio, like walking by walking by, uh, and like the the restaurant. It's the kind of restaurant where everyone wears wears black, and like it's like t shirts and black jeans. Hey man, I know we're smoking here, but you know who I'd pay to hear talk? <laughs> Dave Grawl. I just love to. You know, I feel like I go to the concerts, and the part I enjoy the most is the part between the songs where I'm just connecting with him. You know, <laughs> what are his politics? <laughs> he tips well, I hear. Uh, that were... You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, you know what? I kind of. I do. You're. You're absolutely right. That was the whitest <laughs> thing. It's a. It's a new segment. <laughs> whitest thing that Brock's done yet. <laughs> Uh, uh, it reminds me of uh, the first Warped Tour I went to, and Anti Flag was playing, and uh, oh God. and like the, <laughs> yeah, the guy started talking, and like I was enjoying the music for what it was. Like I wasn't a bit, I'm not a huge like punk component, or like I don't, I don't that's not something I actively seek out. But I was like, I'm enjoying this for what it is. Like I was, it's 2004. I can I can get with this. And then he just started having like just the like most milk toast, angry political uh rant on stage and i'm just like play your music <laughs> like uh... <laughs> yeah i i i remember listening to like anti-flag when i was like i don't know 18 which is when you're supposed to have all your immature political you know right. sort of ideologies and even then i was kind of like i really feel like you guys only know about politics what you've seen on band t-shirts and like the liner notes for other bands uh. oh goodness uh we have we even announced what we're talking about today we haven't even talked we about are the talking album. about hot snakes what is the name of the album i listened to it i forgot Suicide, Suicide Invoice. Invoice. So uh, I'd never heard this album before. I'd heard the band before, but I'd never listened to them because there was something about the name that I was just like, this isn't going to be something. Else. Like the name, I feel like, doesn't fit with how this music sounds. Like, I feel like I feel like the the name evokes something like a some sort of dance, dancey music that I wouldn't be into. Yeah, you're right. They really do feel like if they'd come around like six years later, you'd be expecting them to have been like on DMV right. or something. Yeah, it, you it, it, you're you're exactly right on that. And the name has always stirred something different in me on the opposite end, where I was like, you know what? If if their name is that bad, they're definitely just a bunch of dudes that are so fucking hardcore that they could beat me up at any time. <laughs> like I, I I was maybe intimidated out of it. It's it's a sort of like a boy named Sue situation. Like if 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 you're called the Pansies, like you just fucking rock. I know you rock. You you can definitely hurt me just by me listening to what you're doing and thinking impure thoughts. Like it's okay. Oh goodness. I mean, those guys like the guys from this like all their bands are kind of like on that like razor's edge of like that is either this like the weirdest stupidest name or like the best name of like because it's like the lead singer and the guitarist were in drive like jihu and then like 
you know, their guitarist was the foreign rocket from the crypt. And then later, you know, the night marchers. It's like that thing of like, like the, I don't know if you guys ever heard that like Monty Python routine where they're, it's just rock news and they're just listing more and more ridiculous <laughs> band names, um, which is actually where the band name Toad the Wet Sprocket was. Oh, uh, I did not from, know that. Way, so. Actually, that's the whitest thing I've ever heard. You you, you having the you having the background story behind Toad the Red Sprocket revolving uh, coming from a Monty Python sketch. That's the whitest thing. It's not on me anymore. Oh, and it's not even like from their TV series. It was from like an al- an actual record oh. album they recorded. You're you're digging the hole here, Robbie. Yeah. You 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 have a vinyl level joke. <laughs> uh, so white vinyl, white vinyl. Really so, I never heard this album before, and uh, so I was kind of trepidatious going into it. But listening to it, I was like, "This sounds like a house show." Like it does. Like, it really it just does. sounds exa- <laughs> like I, I didn't hate it, um, and I, like I liked it, but it it sounded like being at a house show, like uh, just kind of loud. And semi-fast, but not so fast. Uh, it kind of reminded me of um, Bear vs. Shark a little bit. Uh, oh, interesting. Like a mix between yeah. Bear vs. Shark and Portugal the Man. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I can kind of see that. I can definitely see that. So, yeah. I mean, I liked it. It was, I was, it was just like not at all what I was expecting when it started up. Uh. Terrence, what is your uh, what's your uh, mileage on like Steve Albini production sort of stuff? I know his name. Um, uh, like the the clearest uh, Steve Albini like uh, did the second Nirvana album, uh-huh. the the one after Smells Like Teen Spirit when they got back to the sound of the things. Uh, like he he heard them like as like uh, just broken speakers and stuff versus like the high production quality of Smells Like Teen Spirit and then he did every other fucking punk rock album especially in Chicago mm. for three decades. Uh, uh, he he's also a Northwestern alum, I believe. There you go. That's the whitest <laughs> thing. Uh, no, the okay, sorry, I have to no the total the wet total thing is he did a performance. I was saying the total wet rockets thing is still the whitest thing. <laughs> stop stop um, it i'm trying so hard to get away from it <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing about steve albini i think this is sort of a key to like even if you've never heard anything he's done either as a solo project or as a producer um when he was at northwestern he did this performance art thing and i know this because i read our band could be your life which has a big section on huge steve chapter albini. on steve <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it uh, he was supposed to do a performance art project at a gallery where he was supposed to stand behind like um, glass, like you know the the, the kind they use in windshields, it's not the shatterproof glass, and like, make fun of people until and like you know whatever ha- the the art in the end would be like whatever happened to the glass, and so like 15 minutes in he got one of his friends who was there so angry the guy like chucked like a desk through the glass breaking it like breaking he got someone so angry they had this almost superhuman strength to like shatter this glass that's supposed to stand up in car accidents so 
My my favorite Steve Albini is that he feels so guilty about having made such a mainstream mainstream album as that Nirvana album that he dedicated the rest of his life to like he just now in Chicago mostly produces like three to five track demos for local punk bands for free. Uh, I've had a couple of friends work with him like he's just like on this like karma quest to undo what he thinks he's done. Uh, but my favorite Steve Albini story is that he's actually, uh, he's still active on some like punk forums from like the early nineties. Uh, and, uh, he wound up sharing, uh, a shuttle to the airport a couple of years ago with Tyler, the creator and the rest of his rap crew. Uh, and, uh, they were like, uh, hitting a girl in the car, in the van with him. Uh, and, and all this other stuff. So he wrote like 18,000 words that night on this punk forum on what a piece of shit he thinks Tyler, the creator is. Uh, and it was just like, all right, that's the ultimate old man stuff. Like me. Yeah. Maybe he did get handsy with a woman, but like, uh, and, and sure you probably heard him say some words that you didn't like, but 18,000 words is a little much for your Yelp review of riding in a van to the airport with Tyler, the creator. I'm just looking at like stuff that he's produced and there's, there's some stuff in here that I recognize, but it's like stuff that no one else would recognize. Uh, Garrus? You sound like a robot. Sorry, we're experiencing technical difficulties. Terrence, you were saying uh, you just looked up Albini and you recognized him for albums, but not the ones that people would think. Right. Yeah. Like uh, <clears throat> like uh, this Japanese post-rock band called Mono, uh, this British band called Tube Lord. He did a Foxy Shazam album. Um, oh, my God. That makes so much sense. Oh, my God. He, he did. Oh, a, I <laughs> never would have known that, why that. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> he, he did a Joan of Arc album, um, which is one of the Kinsella bands. Um, it was just like stuff up here where I was just like, I was like, Oh, I know, I know this. Uh, there's a band in here. Uh, uh, your code name is Milo, which is, uh, nobody knows who that is, but I do because I got that. Uh, <laughs> I found that album on some Russian torrent site fucking 12 years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I noticed he'd done an auteurs album, and I totally forgot that he'd done that. And, I mean, you know, even by Britpop standards, they're pretty darn obscure. He's, he's everywhere, and he's famous for just being like, let's do this in one take, and, like, there's no overdubs of things. And then he has a very specific sort of sonic sound uh, that he goes for. And this album, I, I had to double-check to make sure it wasn't produced by him, because just sort of the way that the the bass and the drums feel and and the way that the guitars sound broken like it's there this album does a thing that we've brought up on the show before uh and i i think i'm going to start referring to as uh arc arsenaling uh which is when uh, it feels like every album released around these couple of years uh opened with the same sort of intro as the intro to relationship of command by at the drive-in like the first track has a so like a dun 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 dun, dun sort of like a guitar riff or drum thing, and when I heard it on this, I I actually because I I too had not done Hot Snakes before, uh, I kind of had a moment of panic of like, uh, we we did, we did a fucking heavy, heavy album last week, uh, and I was like, oh boy, I don't know if I have it in me today. To, to, to do a, a screamo thing. Uh, and then he came in with his singing voice and was like, hello, I'm a nice boy over this over the, this rock that I could really get into. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really sold on this. And like I like that it uh, every song on this album feels like it's the same song. It is sonically in the same range where it's sort of got this driving sort of riff, but it never crosses over into like, I think something that we talk about here too is something that qualifies as like bully rock or like anything that that gets too fucking in your face. Like this is this feels like one of those albums like I understood immediately why you'd picked it because I feel like if this was an album that had been a part of my life uh, from 2000 onward, this is the sort of thing I would put on while walking around somewhere because like it has the mix of getting you pumped up but not making you angry at anything in particular. Uh, and it... it it's it's fun. Like we don't have that many fun albums that also kick ass, uh, and and this seems to do that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like even when it feels like it's, I don't want to say like it's not like a there's really a it super political. Like it's not like a protest song, but even the few moments that kind of verge on that is still kind of oblique. Like I'm thinking of Paid in Cigarettes, um, or like Benji. Like you're not a hundred percent like it's whatever's whatever he's singing about you feel that he's like definitely feeling it but like you're not a hundred percent sure like the i don't want to like yeah it's just that there's a emotional intensity which thus emo but like also there's some sort of obliqueness to like what we are supposed to feel i guess that's what i should say like he's that he's not it, it doesn't feel like it's lecturing us or yelling at and, us and the one that or... you've signaled that as the political song is opens with the line pay the president in cigarettes which i don't know it says president does that make it political because otherwise it's kind of dumb it's fine it's just like a fun sort of like that's a fugazi dumb like we should make the kremlin cotton candy sure man i don't know it sounds like you've got a real plan in place there <laughs> <laughs> well i mean yeah it's it, it's like i don't think it's like in any way trying to even say a political plan it's just an interesting since i was like more used to like dead kennedys and like even stuff and then like the later stuff like anti-flag like with the it's like oh this like that kind of school of like 
I this is someone who has something that they feel. I'm not don't think it's an actionable <laughs> thing, but I'm glad it's not really a slogan. Oh, I I, I think I, I I'm I'm getting for the first time what you've been building to the entire time we've been talking, which is that you've come from a background of oblivious. I, I mean, uh, of uh, over, like just obvious punk. Like you, you and mm-hmm. but this is like the, your album. That's like this is my first thing that isn't slogans on T-shirts and liner notes. <laughs> it's just kind of pretty okay rock songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, but like, yeah, being vague and anthemic, and like you could probably project whatever meaning you want onto like ninety percent of these songs, and you could probably. You know, as long as it's, like, a meaning of, like, you know, I am going to, like, get amped up and get through whatever. You know, it could be your workout mix. It could be your, like, you know, I feel emo and mopey, but I also am tired of sitting and being sad, so I'm going to listen to this. I, I love like, when people share their workout mixes, and I see the, the, the random song in there that I'm like, that's... Wait, what's that doing there? And uh, a, a, a friend on Twitter recently shared their workout mix, and it was just like the whole first Sparta album. And I was like, "That's really like the the first Sparta album? That's your that's your get pumped for push-ups music? All right. I, I mean, I guess we all just process music in our own ways, but that uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Sometimes I just want to do some deadlifts to mates of state. That's a that's just a thing about me. I enjoy the works of Dave Grawl. I don't know what you want to hear. Terrence, this is your friend. Listen, when I'm about to hit the wall, I, that's when I want to put on some Joan Baez and just, like, push myself. You know? Terrence, this is your first time with the album. What do you think of it? Uh, I, I said earlier, it sounds like a house show to me. Like, it just sounds like being at somebody's house uh, and music is happening. Like, I have nothing, like... I don't know if I'll I'll go back and visit this album much, but it does. It I don't know. It just sounds like it reminds me of being like twenty six at somebody's house and there's a show happening, or being being at a non regulated uh, concert venue, which is just basically a uh, uh, a garage that somebody's rented out. Um, <laughs> listen, like not standing in the crowd listening to it, but like being outside and hearing it from the outside and having a conversation about God knows what. <laughs> uh, that's uh, I, I, I don't know. That's yeah. how I feel. <laughs> no, that's... I mean, that kind of is, like, sort of also, this, like, the nostalgic part of me that really loves this. Like, I would say that probably does in some ways sum up what it kind of feels to me of, like, that time of when I was still going to a lot of concerts and Chicago or, like, when I was back home for the summer during college and like going in chapel hill and just going to like the cat's cradle or something uh yeah like that i mean you know this is the music that i'd listened to before a show or like i actually had it at one point on a tape in the honda accord that my parents let me drive when i was home from college like i had this on like a mixtape and like you know one of like whenever one of these songs comes on it's like oh yeah you know driving around like Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill and like being like 20 or something and not sure what's around the corner. I don't mean that in a bad way, but right. you know, when we were all in college right. and like you know, you feel that it's like before you are actually in the real world but you can sense it's coming and it's both exciting and also a little scary too. Right. 
you know, and, and this was, you know, I mean, I graduated in 2007, right before the big, you know, financial downturn. So it wasn't like at the time I was even like, oh my God, it, it wasn't like in Lady Bird where like every, <laughs> her half her life is being like soundtracked by the build up to the Iraq war. <laughs> it was more like, oh, I'm vaguely, you know, I'm vaguely blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to the real world. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to try doing improv in Chicago. Let's see where that gets me. Uh, Terrence has been saying something that, like, uh, back when Vice Records uh, mattered in 2005 and into early 2006, uh, they did some really good job uh, with, like, uh, doing, like, albums like Block Party's first album and, like, the first Death From Above album, and then immediately churning out incredible remix albums uh, track by track with big names uh, of, of just covering the entirety of those albums uh, and uh, the first Block Party album uh, on their remix album Lady Tron does the song like Eating Glass and it's the first track on the album and it, for years it befuddled me because I was like this remix feels like nothing I have no fucking idea what they're doing with this song and what they had done with the song is that they basically just messed with the EQ settings uh, so that it sounds like, and I finally read this in an interview where they explained it, the experience of having heard the song like at an outdoor music festival from a mile away. So it's basically just parts of the high end of the guitar, a, a very muted version of the vocal, and like you can hear some of the drums, but it just sounds like it's in the distance. Uh, and I, I like that Terrence is finding the same thing in this album here, like you, you know the specific point where you would be distance from the stage and amount of attention you're paying, uh, and how many walls are between you to to what this band is in this house party setting. Like you know, you know what conversation you're having instead of looking towards the stage, and that's how this sonically feels to you. And I, I, I really appreciate an album that has a sense of like that that can create like a, a locationality, I guess, in that way. Mm. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I don't know. It made you feel like you're at a house party. That's probably what most albums should try to make you feel. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we we both we we all three had different ways of summing this up as uh, fun and uh, not that deep. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, you, got, you guys say words. My dog is being. Uh, he's like, I need to be in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie, why would you sum up the importance of this album? What is it? What does it mean to you? Like, why? Why? Why was this what you picked? Where? Why should people listen to it? Yeah. Well, I mean, from from you know, like listening to you guys on the podcast, like it seems like a lot of times people are sort of on here, and you guys end up talking about like maybe it's not necessarily like the most mind blowing album, but it's always an album. Like the best ones are the ones where people have some sort of like personal connection to it in some sense of like this is this represents a specific time for me and like for me it, it kind of does of like you know when i went on, like this was one of the you know album like one of the cds that in my little like you know soft shell cd case that i made sure to take with me when i went off to college because i was like this is this is like <laughs> got it this is the, the stuff that the cool people at college will be listening to <laughs> um, oh we were so wrong robbie we were never cool <laughs> oh we really fucked it up oh, i'm no. so sorry <laughs> hey 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 hey. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, hey, it's funny how much of adulthood was, like, realizing, like, A, I was never, you know, you were never as cool as you thought you were, and you were pretty stupid to try to be cool, and, I mean, you know, you in the, that, like, what is it, Bright Lights Big City kind of sense of, like, you know, I am the author, but I just address it as you. That's why, um, Robbie, it was important that you never tried to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was just a, it's just an album that I just, in whenever... And, like, I've, I've listened to their other albums, and I like some of them, and I like some of the bands that, like, these guys were members of before and after. But, like, this is the one that for some... Like, the time I was listening to it was the time that I was just most receptive to new experiences. And, like, there's always... As I said, it's, like, that feeling of driving around, the freedom of, like, between high school and gra- graduating high school and graduating college when, like, especially, like, you know, at a, I mean, you know, like, at the time and place that, you know, we were in those eras, because who knows, in, like, 20 years, maybe the time between, like, high school and college is going to be when everyone's working at, like, the water reclamation plant. Um, <laughs> shift. But, like, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm in that industry. Or maybe... <laughs> that, that, this feels like shade. <laughs> or maybe we'll all be in like a, a utopia where like no one has nostalgia because everyone is you know has so much to look forward to all the time i mean you know, yeah I, oh I, yeah that positive <laughs> future we're all building towards right now uh, I, I i i i also do hear this as the as the drive around album it is and maybe that's why i can't return to it like my only uh, you have to go to jail for how much you were violating the speed limit arrest of all time was uh, while listening to the Venture Brothers soundtrack in my car. So, like, uh, I I have to actively now at this point, like, take things off the car playlist because I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll just uh, see how far down my foot will go right now. <laughs> uh, and this this feels like an album I could do that to. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just imagining you getting accidentally blown up by a henchman in, like, the most ob- not the most oblique but in a rather oblique easy rider tribute <laughs> i don't know it, the music sounded like anime they say my name in the show i i had to do i had to do 95 and a 60 it's fine <laughs> yeah. california is a different place uh robbie where can yeah. people find you online how can they support your work what are you working on these days uh, oh um yeah, well, I, um, if you want to find stuff that I've written in the past about movies, um, deadshirt.net. We don't aren't really publishing anything new, but I wrote some stuff about some movies and comics for that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie, at Robbie Carroll. Um, I've got a blog, uh, geekcornucopia.blogspot.com, which I intend to start posting on more actively now that Deadshirt is dead. No, you've you've been posting there Uh, for like ten years at this point. You've always done like really interesting, good stuff there. That's uh, that's that's one that it's nice to direct people to because I know that they can go back and reread stuff that you were writing when we were in school together. And and you're (laughs) you're quite good at what you do. Oh well, thank you, thank you. I'm feeling like the dopamine levels trickling up now. Thanks, bro. (laughs) You also got a weird Um, face. I don't know. I gotta balance these things out somehow. I don't want people to think I'm nice. Your butt's stupid. Whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, Terrence! Terrence nailed you. Terrence dunked on you from a great height. Oh man. Yeah. 
Terrence, I, I feel like you should just start singing like you've got an ugly butt and a stupid butt or something at me. And I'll, that's I'll that song would do like very well on the internet, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, do. I do have to uh, ask: but, Is that already a song? Like, if oh, it's uh, it's a strong strong. Band. Yeah, I, was say, I, was, gotcha. I know that's familiar, but I couldn't place it. Um, Brock, I mean, really flashbacking to early here, you know. <laughs> Brock, uh, online presence at Brock Wilbur. Uh, please, please enjoy my works. Thank Very you so much, good. Terrence. Where can people find you online? And I Terrence, am. do you recommend this album? Yes and no. Uh, what's what's I, your I, hold back here? Like, I just feel like it's a, it's a situational album. Like, uh, at least for me personally, I like I couldn't see myself just like, I'm going to put on that Hot Snakes album. It's the same reason, like, <laughs> I don't listen to, to like, uh, technical death metal all the time. It's just, <laughs> like, it, there's, a, there's a mood for it, and it's like, I can't... What, okay, I'm sorry. What mood? I, I do want to know. I mean, like, well, I, I Robbie, you... What mood is technical death metal uh, for you? Drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> Dry uh, the uh, summertime yeah. when I'm driving around with my windows open. That would be uh, that's usually also. This sounds pretty uh, dead on because Robbie also described it. You picked this as your album to come do the show, and you also described it as a situational album for you, too. You're like, I don't know, I had to be open to everything in the world to appreciate this. Uh, so I, I think we've we've done a really good three person nail down of how accessible this is and how interesting it is uh, without having actually talked about the album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I give it a, I got give it an eight out of 10. You can dance to it. Um, no. God. <laughs> for, for all you American bandstand listeners, yeah, I guess. I was going to try to make some Casey case some reference, but my brain wasn't, yeah. my brain wasn't doing it. Why are both of my friends so fucking old in spirit? <laughs> <laughs> I watched a whole lot. Of VH1 uh, in the early 2000s, which was just showing uh, I love the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So. Oh, I thought about this yesterday when I was wondering if my friends were going to have to homeschool their kids. I was like, well, if they homeschooled, they'd turn out like Terrence, who just has this couple of years of VH1 knowledge <laughs> that he doesn't want or need. <laughs> I just have it's just I just have this knowledge in my head that <laughs> for it's good for no one except for every once in a while somebody'll say something and I'll just know the answer to it and I'm just like well, I don't I don't need this knowledge anymore this knowledge does <laughs> nothing for no one I wish I wish there was some trivia stuff that when you answered it the knowledge then left you like it was a curse <laughs> it like I, there's off. a few seasons of alf that i have in my head and every time i say something about alf i just wish a little more alf left me and i could instead replace that with knowing how to change the oil in my car right. i know i have a fixed amount of brain <laughs> right oh man it's like the giver only the giver is like taking away the like useless pop it's culture the, the taker yes that's of. my way novel the taker <laughs> A wrinkle in brain. A wrinkle in brain. Terrence, where can people find you online and support your work? At the Black Nerd. On Twitter and other places, too. This was And on the G Gundam fan forums? I will never go to another fan forum. I am not 16 years old anymore. 
I, I told you, he, he Terrence has his lanes, and he doesn't leave the lanes, and that's how he gets to live on the internet in a way none of us do. <laughs> I have, I have, you blessed, blessed I, have, I have curated how my internet works, and I refuse to step outside of it because everyone else is a nightmare. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been The Coolest Kids, and we take what we can get. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Yeah, right. you did it. You did. All right. You Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.